Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Stories on the Fly podcast. I'm your host, Austin Mitchell, and this week to start off the podcast, I'm going to be telling the story of my biggest smallmouth on the fly. But before we get to that, as always, check out my Instagram, austin.mitchell1. There you'll be able to see pictures of what I'm up to and everything. Also, um, the link for the podcast will be in the bio, so that's going to be the easiest way to follow along and get updates on the podcast. I'm still waiting for it to get up on iTunes, but it is up on different platforms. So if you have any questions about where it's at, let me know on Instagram and I can answer any questions. Also, if anybody is interested, I am selling flies. So musky, smallmouth, largemouth, stuff like that, I am selling flies. So if anybody's interested, hit me up on Instagram that's going to be the easiest place for that also so let's get started so my biggest smallmouth on the fly so basically this started I met my wife and her whole family uh, would go up to Hayward Wisconsin which is um, in northern Wisconsin it's about five hours I would say uh, north from Madison so it all started uh, when I met her, her whole family would go up and stay for a week uh, at the end of July. They would stay for a week, and um, both of her uncles actually fly fish also, so they kind of had a tradition of going out with a uh, guide up there and floating some of the rivers and stuff like that. So when I started dating her, um, we I would uh, go with them. So basically... This was the second year that I went up with them, and uh, the morning started. The first year, we did pretty good. Um, caught a bunch of fish, I remember. It was a while ago, so I don't remember. There wasn't, like, crazy size or anything like that, but we caught a lot of fish. So the morning started. We met at the fly shop, met up with the guides, and um, headed out to the river. I think we floated the St. Croix that year. So we got to the river um, and basically how they fish up there on these smaller rivers is out of a drift boat. So if you don't know what a drift boat is, um, it's basically like a small skiff that um, can go in very shallow water. So you normally have one to two people fishing front and back, and then you have a rower that controls the boat versus having like a trolling motor or something like that. So um, my wife's two uncles were in one boat, and then I was by myself with another guide in a boat. So I had the whole boat to myself. So we got to the river, and as they were doing the shuttle down to the other landing, because you float from point A to point B, I was waiting there with one of the guides with the boat and there's smallmouth just coming up crashing everywhere so already I knew it was going to be a really good day. So we're waiting for them to get the shuttle back and everything. There's smallmouth crashing so it was it was exciting to get on the river. So once they got back we we sat around for just a couple of minutes, got all the gear ready and headed out. So it was pretty early in the morning when we got started it was already warm I remember that and we're starting to float and we're getting into fish but this is right 
when I really started to get into streamer fishing for like larger species, so like bass and stuff. So I was still getting used to strip setting. So I remember really clearly that I was having the hardest time getting strip sets down. Um, if you don't know what that is, basically instead of um, raising your rod, you set the hook by pulling your line. So it's when you're streamer fishing, it's the way to set the hook because if you pull up, you lose the fish. So I was having a really hard time strip setting and remembering to do that every time. So we're going along and I'm missing fish and I'm missing fish. And finally I started to get the hang of it and started to connect. And I was catching a decent amount of fish, not um, crazy size or anything, but there was definitely fish going. A lot of it was on um, middle patterns and stuff like that. Some top water we were having luck with. We were switching up a decent amount. So midway through the day about, I remember it started to rain too. And it got really humid after that, really hot, really humid. And it was, it was tough after that. Everything really slowed down with the heat and everything. So midway through the day, we kind of stopped, had some lunch, regrouped. Um, my wife's two uncles and their guide were in the boat ahead of us. So they floated ahead of us for the first half of the day and we were behind them. So at the second half of the day, we switched it up and I was in front. Uh, our boat was in front of them. So started fishing again and started getting into fish again right away, which was surprising with the heat. And um, I think that was the year that my wife's uncle also got a small muskie on the fly on a crayfish pattern actually, which was really cool. So about 20 minutes after that, we were going along this stretch and I had a bigger frog pattern on. I remember it really clearly. It was a deer hair frog. And we were going along this stretch and it had a really nice deep uh, shaded bank to it. So it was, it almost went straight down off the bank and it was shaded all day long, which was perfect. So we made a couple of casts and we're going along. And I clearly just remember casting up and I hit the frog right on the bank and it was a diving frog. So it, when you stripped it, it would dive slightly under the water and come back up and dive slightly under the water and come back up. And I made two small strips and just as it was coming up, I just see it disappear. There's no splash, nothing. Just You saw just the smallest kind of gulp and it was gone. And I strip set the hook and we're only fishing in you know six feet of water maybe and it's really clear so you can see all the way down to the bottom so i'm fighting this fish and it is staying right on the bottom it is not moving at all and i'm stripping it and stripping it in my guide's like yeah that's a that's a good looking fish you know it's got to bend to the rod so i'm stripping it in and all of a sudden i can see this thing on the bottom and it is just it's it looks like a football basically it is just giant i'm like dude like this is a really nice fish like talking to the guide like hey th this is a really really big fish he's like okay okay like because he's still in the rowing seat still rowing like keeping the boat under control so he hasn't seen the fish at the bottom yet so he's still rowing i'm like dude like this is a really really nice fish he's like okay okay so he puts the anchor down 
and he stands up and he goes, holy shit, like this is a really, really big fish. I'm like, yeah, I was telling you that. So stripping him in and finally he comes up and he gets into the net and I cannot believe how big this fish is. And this is midsummer too. So this is not a pre-spawn fish or anything like this or a late fall fish where they're, you know, um, getting fat for the winter or whatever. This is a midsummer, end of July, early August fish. And it was, it, um, I want to say it was 21 and a half inches for sure because we measured it and it had to be six pounds. And for if any of you guys are listening who fish like Lake Erie and stuff like that, it may not seem big to you guys, but this fish out of a river that, you know, at the widest is 400 feet maybe so it is and they don't have deep water either it's not like there you know there may be some spots in this river where it's 15 feet maybe but most of this river is four feet deep on average i would say so they don't have the deep water so fish this big is just in waters like that is just crazy so we get it in the net and we measure it and we're taking pictures and I just remember holding that fish and it just, the gut on it, holding it in your hands was just crazy. So after all day, like struggling to get a strip set down and struggling to find, you know, bigger fish, I just remember like holding that fish was just awesome. And it was, I still have the pictures up on my Instagram of that fish, but yeah, 21 and a half inches on a frog pattern, middle of the day like shaded bank probably shouldn't have caught it but i'm glad that i did because that that fish really drove me to try more warm water species it was kind of my start to really go after more warm water species um like smallmouth and stuff like that it was yeah it's sometimes it's just those fish that really trigger something and make you kind of change up what you want to do because I was pretty much just trout up until that point like I you know I dabbled in smallmouth and crappies and bluegills and stuff like that but I never really took it seriously until that fish and that fish was the my drive to start chasing after more warm water species because just holding that fish was enough to like change my whole mindset so yeah, that's the story of my biggest smallmouth on the fly. 21 and a half inches, six pounds, and a frog pattern. So as always, um, thanks for tuning in. Next week, I think it's going to be Chad Bauer from SVS Podcast, from the Shenango Valley Shenanigans Podcast. If you haven't listened to them, check them out. Super fun podcast. Um, they're kind of my, they're one of my motives to do this podcast. So I've been on it a few times and they also have a ton of awesome guests, um, from fly fishing to gear fishing to anything basically. So check those guys out. Um, Chad is one of the hosts on that. So he's going to come on and I think he's going to tell two smaller stories. So that'll be good. And thanks again for listening, guys. As always, uh, check me out on Instagram, austin.mitchell1. That's going to be where you're going to be able to find all 
of the podcast info. I'll post uh, I'll post pictures when it goes up online. The first place it's going to go up is Anchor, as always. So links in the bio, and that sounds good. Thanks again, guys. Have a good one.